0: Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of History of the MCU, the podcast that covers anything and everything MCU-related.
1: I am one of your hosts, Jake, but you probably know me as Lord Anarchy.
0: And I am your resident scarlet bitch, the sanguineous sorceress, Jenny Mack.
1: Oh my God, I love you so much. (laughs) All right, so spoiler warning, uh, this is a rewatch podcast, so we'll be potentially talking about any of the MCU movies, one-shots, TV shows, tie-in comics. And this week, we will be covering the first... Phase Four released the first and second episodes of WandaVision. Like you said in uh, episode one, the way that Vision was like super into Wanda's little outfit, we see them in bed she and so standing
0: at attention.
1: Yes, at, at attention, and so we as we as we we open up in the bedroom. They're they're in separate twin beds, but we keep hearing Classic, the yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's the nineteen sixties. You know, we we're a little more homey and and uh not as risque as we are these days so they start out in separate beds together they just got married well and
0: the taste of the american public at the time yes. was not ready for something so saucy as a yes. couple like sharing a bed on primetime television oh, oh. 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 oh my, stars. my pearls oh. <laughs> I, love I am you wearing so a, pearl. Much.
1: Oh my God. I a pearl necklace i love it um, But yeah, so they, they hear the banging on the window and then we get the whole sitcom trope of, oh, somebody should go check it. And Wanda's like, uh, yeah, they should. And I just fucking, <laughs> really I loved like it. A, their banter. Them on screen together is fantastic. So That's pure. One reason... Um, we've talked about this before with, with Star Wars and, and Grogu and just the idea that once you've done something that's so successful, it doesn't make sense on the business side of things to get rid of it.
0: You're talking about the bedroom scene. Yep. How oh, it's classic with the two beds. and yep. Someone should go look. And how it seems, we didn't talk about this yet, but it seems pretty much innocent. It looks like the, the tree branch, but it is an, another sort of rhythmic noise. We don't really see wanda break so much like she has when we other have the other rhythmic noises is it because she's with vision and no one else or
1: that's potential but also the banging is definitely a rhythmic thing but there it's not as quick as any of the other rhythmic pulsings we've heard um so it's there's definitely a rhythmic you know, nature to it, but there's longer pauses in between everything. It's more organic than like a metronome tick. You know, than that the beeping of the toaster or the ticking of the watch or the way heart was pounding on the table. So I think this is probably that helicopter bumping into the edge of the reality. And then, so, you know, Wanda, boom, pops open the curtains and then pow, we push the beds together and she hits them with the ooh, come here vision and they do the super sitcom thing and just pull the covers over their head. And I really loved it. They, we, we went from... The dinner party and the lingerie mishap to, okay, now they get to do that. And then they clearly had coitus. They clearly, you know what I'm saying? Did the dirty. I sealed the deal. Yes. They absolutely uh consummated their wedding. And it's just crazy that then at the end of this episode, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Like she's just like, boom, three, four month baby bump. And showing. this was something that a question that I asked last episode is how were the babies made? Are these fragments of Mephisto's soul? Does Vision have synthoid sperm? Did Wanda just make these in reality? Is this magic? Like, where are the kids coming from? Um. So this is is uh. <sighs> it's interesting. Obviously, I think that this is what led to the babies, but I don't know how a witch and a synthoid procreate.
0: We don't know how this works logistically, and also the
1: possibility that
0: it is Mephisto. Uh-huh. Or- Grim Reaper or whomever masquerading as As vision Vision, that adds a whole extra awful layer. So
1: that's that's one thing that I said last week with like the MCU twist. Is that like what if the villain is masquerading as vision and that the kids are, you know, where they're made from Mephisto's soul in the comics? What if Mephisto actually impregnated Wanda and the kids are like half demon, half Whatever the fuck Wanda's powers are. Which,
0: if we're talking about Evan Peters as a potential villain, we've seen him do once before in American Horror Story Season 1. Yes, yes. Murder House. Yes. So interesting there. However, I am curious about whether the MCU, as now a Disney property, would bring this element. We know it can happen in the storylines of these characters, but I would be really surprised if Disney
1: let that go Which is why I lean towards wanda making some kind of deal to reincarnate vision and that either the the kids souls or uh, because that's the thing is mefesto collects souls like he rules hell in the comics it's not like christianity judaism hell it's like his dimension that he rules but he masquerades as devil so much and that's one of the ways that he makes deals with people he has beings that inhabit his dimension. Some of them are lower demons and some of them are just kind of like mindless beings. but he puts souls into those beings, and then they, but he can't just come and like snatch your soul. You have to make a pact and willingly give it to him. So like I said, if, if, Wanda inadvertently made a deal for her kids' souls. When
0: you posed this to me via text, I was like, I don't think I know a woman in the real world or a comic world who would do that. And Jake was like, well, yeah, duh. He wouldn't say I'm going to take your kids' souls. He would say for something dear to you. Yes,
1: yes. Something in the future dear to you. And that that she, I mean, she doesn't know she's going to have kids. That may, And it may even be that Mephisto made the deal and then is manipulating the reality to make Wanda have the kids so he can take the souls. And that... It, it, Wanda doesn't know this, but. I mean, there's potentials. Did Wanda make the reality? Did Mephisto make the reality? Could Wanda have made it to protect her kids and Mephisto can't enter it. So he uses agents like Grim Reaper and Nightmare. So like when they go to sleep, you could have Nightmare, even though it's in, you know, I'm saying the sitcom reality, you could still have him infiltrate the astral plane and fuck with Wanda and Vision's dreams. So Mephisto could potentially be using them as agents of chaos and trying to figure out a way that he can get into the reality. I also wouldn't really be surprised if Mephisto is able to to shapeshift in this and that he's taking over on like some scroll shit he's impersonating a sword agent so he may be one of the people that's working for sword and is gathering information that sword is and that's how he's trying to figure out how to get into the reality so that he can get the kids souls um and that potentially that at least Agatha is working with sword in a context of, she found out about the potential deal that Wanda was going to make to reincarnate vision. And perhaps her and Monica approach Wanda before she's made the reality. And is like, Hey, yo, like you can't make this deal. Like you're literally making a deal with the devil. Like, we just messed up the multiverse anyways. Like we don't need to do any other crazy stuff. And then they're like, we know you want Vision back, but like you can't do that. And then Vision walks around the corner and then they're like, oh shit, you did it. And they're like, well, the cost for bringing Vision back was Mephisto's going to come and take your kid's souls whenever you have kids. And that causes Wanda to freak out, create the reality. And subconsciously her powers just like explode and to protect her kids and Vision from these outside threats, she's made this reality now. That's how Monica and Agnes are both trapped in it but have way more autonomy than just the random towns people do i think that we definitely will get clarity in a flashback episode with the sword people about what happened beforehand it could be that monica has powers and that agatha has powers and they were just able to wriggle their way into the reality one of your friends in the discord mentioned this that once we get to the end of the series um, we're gonna go back and like rewatch it and be like yo this shit was so obvious Like they just laid everything out in front of us and we just couldn't figure it out. And we're all idiots.
0: (laughs) I feel really dumb, but I'm going to be so satisfied that I feel that dumb because I don't feel dumb enough watching TV or movies anymore. anymore. I always know what's going to happen.
1: Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, so I mean, she pushed the beds together. They hop under the covers and then we hop into this is my favorite intro so far is so yes.
0: I was a huge Bewitched fan and you definitely feel the Bewitched vibes in the first scene in the bedroom,
1: too. yes. Oh, I loved it so much. And so that intro. So I think that's something we'll do, um, as we get to the intro of every episode, let's like rank them. Yeah. So for me right now, it's episode two and then episode one. I really did like the live action Wanda version theme song. Yeah. It
0: was cute. It was very Dick Van Dyke when he trips over the chair and yeah.
1: But the, the bewitched one was, oh, mm, I loved it. Too cute. I and loved too spot
0: it spot on with vision phasing through the walls in the house and then walking out. Wow in human form and yes wanda doing magic sneakily in the grocery store because you just can't help her so yes so you pointed out the grim reaper helmet
1: in this intro i didn't notice it i actually saw this from mcu direct and that's oh, okay. another one of the twitter accounts that i would highly recommend i went back and i viewed it myself afterwards so i know where it is now i think it's at the the three minutes and 27 second time stamp or something but you can definitely see the grim reaper comic book helmet definitely in there so i think that he's showing up no idea when and that's the thing is reality may kind of like slowly start to break down or it may just be like one cataclysmic event that causes it to happen. Like we spoke a little bit earlier, there's a potential for like Grim Reaper does show up and they beat him in the fifth or the sixth episode. And we're like, all right, well now we're going to be back in regular reality. And then we start the next episode and we're back in sitcom world again. Yeah, I definitely think that we should be keeping our eyes peeled for little Easter eggs and stuff like that. And to be honest-
0: You can pick up on every number I saw, I was Googling like, what is? could this be a year in the MCU? What is this number? Cause they were saying it could be the 23 MCU movies or whatever, but
1: yeah. Me like, I, my mind doesn't work like that. And I like rarely notice Easter eggs in anything. I really have to have them be pointed out to me. So I've read a couple of different articles that like pointed out, all the Easter eggs and oh, stuff. Oh, I did too.
0: When I was sitting down to write my review today, I had to read a bunch of stuff because I I'm not going to pick up on everything, and I'm not a pro.
1: I was honestly actually surprised because I mean I, I guess it also depends on what you define as like an Easter egg. And again, that's hard in this because what's an Easter egg and what's a clue? And that's the thing is I I more or less notice clues, and so a split second of the Grim Reaper on like the lower left hand of the screen is not something that I'm going to pick up on. Jenny go Jenny go deep dive and find those little tidbits. I'm <laughs> I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you about the comic book characters. Jenny gonna tell you about some other crazy cool shit that she went on a rabbit hole on Wikipedia or Google and found. But yeah, the second episode... You know, we did the, the Bewitched thing and I really like that. Again, like I said last week, I think a lot of the themes of the episode and what they're kind of like riffing off of is going to impact the episode. So this is obviously playing it's on... a
0: lot about the neighborhood and interacting with the townsfolk and building a relationship with people.
1: With the Bewitched intro, they're part of a magic show. One thing that I'm curious to pay attention to in the future episodes is if the intros have like some indication of who we'll see in the episode. In the Bewitched thing, like there was a bunch of the na- in there too and then we obviously saw a bunch of the neighbors actually in the episode so yeah and i'm curious if they may end up at some point as we get more episodes and kind of piece some things together if some of the intros don't potentially give future clues like we with the grim reaper one that we saw in the second episode like yeah. potentially like what might we see in the third episode so i'm really curious to to keep a keen eye on the the intros. the bewitched intro again i think they're gonna be hard pressed to top that one i think if they do a full house one i think that might Oh, no, timeout, no. What if they do a Modern Family one, but they do it with Wanda's family instead? And they have Petro come back and then they have the kids there. Oh my God, who? Let me stop before I make myself mad if that doesn't happen though.
0: (laughs) That's really interesting though. I really like that. You
1: know we get the Modern Family episode. That's one thing that we saw in the trailer. And I think probably about, I think 90% of the trailer is from the first like three or four episodes. And then there's like a sprinkling of stuff from some of the later episodes. I'm thinking that that may be the seventh episode, and in the sixth episode, they may beat somebody like Grim Reaper, and then we're going to expect it to be in reality next week, but then it starts out as Modern Family, and then we're like, oh shit, well, the Grim Reaper clearly isn't the main bad guy anymore. If Mephisto is in it, I don't think he shows up until the very end after they defeated like a lower-level villain. Yeah, I agree. Evan Peters could be... I think he's Quicksilver or Mephisto. And a point that I've seen made a couple of times was that if you can take J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man universe and the Raimi universe and use the exact same actor for the exact same character and people know that they're two different characters, then you can do the same thing and say that Quicksilver is actually Quicksilver from the MCU and that actually is Wanda's brother. I really think that those are the two roles that that he'll be playing is either like the big bad or Quicksilver and she'll actually be
0: I think it's the big
1: bad I'm absolutely 100% thrilled with that
0: especially for longevity too because then we'll probably see him in a a couple things which would be
1: I've read recently that Mephisto may be a part of Loki as well too Ooh. Yeah, because, I mean, he's an interdimensional demon. Like, he doesn't exist on, like, the earthly plane. Like, that's not where he comes from. So it would make sense that he could do multiverse time traveling shit. It's, it's real curious. We'll, we'll see what Mephisto is up to. But I would really, really love. I mean, Nightmare or Mephisto, honestly, because, like, Nightmare is, to be honest, kind of similar. Mephisto is easier for him to operate in, like, the real world. Nightmare operates more on, like, the astral, like, dream plane.
0: Kind of similar skill set with different, like, positions in the hierarchy. Yeah,
1: like nightmare can come to earth but mephisto is stronger on earth than nightmare is and like mephisto looks like what we know as the devil where nightmare wears a green jumpsuit and like a raggedy cloak he looks more like a supernatural being like he's got sallow pale skin that's kind of like sunken in and stuff so he looks more like what i think demons would actually look like if they were real whereas mephisto is like a caricature of what the devil is
0: yeah i was reading that he's red and was interested in the fact that we're seeing yes everywhere or, yes you know, of course that's wanda's color and yellow and red or vision heavy and iron man heavy they're very like avengers heavy colors
1: i'm really curious to keep a keen eye on the intros. let's just go ahead and pick up the cabinet of mysteries portion because yo that right there one thing jenny has in her notes is having wanda disappear and reappear feels a whole lot about getting snapped away and coming back and that's Mm -hmm. literally the first thing i thought when i saw that and i was like can y'all please stop starting out the episodes reminding me of the shit that happened in Infinity War and Endgame Yes. so the first episode oh my husband's indestructible head and then the second episode Wanda appears or disappears and reappears and I'm like yo can y'all stop and then we still have the trauma of the two fucking infomercials the bomb and then we'll talk about the watch here in a little bit
0: yeah and you and you mentioned the trauma again already and the fact that yeah we saw Wanda at Tony's funeral we haven't seen her deal with the trauma that has to Come with being snapped away and brought back. On top of all the other no, stuff. So that's that what she I'm
1: saying. Through. Like, yo, Wanda is 19 or 20. She saw her boyfriend get his head. She killed her boyfriend. Saw her boyfriend get his brain pulled out of his. Old
0: yeah. yellered him. I think Dave said in the chat. Oh
1: my god. Yes. <laughs> so bad and then and then when she gets snapped she's the only person that looks relieved in getting snapped away because now she doesn't have to live in this world where she's lost literally everything her and Peter have the to me they're the two worst reactions to the snap because Wanda is happy that she's dying and Peter's spider tingle allows him to feel it and it's why it takes him so much longer oh my god Oh, I, don't I have
0: th- full, I don't know if you can see them on the screen here, but goosebumps. I have full goosebumps yeah. thinking about poor Peter. That makes me so sad. And when you put it like that with Wanda, I didn't even notice that she looked relieved. And now I'm definitely going to watch for it because that
1: yeah. absolutely. She looks happy. Then she comes back. And that's the thing is like. The people who didn't get snapped away had five years to deal with that grief. So, like, Nat dealt with it in her way. Tony got the farm and the llama and the wife and the kid, you know? Thor fell into depression. But they all got to deal with it already. And so, for them, beating Thanos was the culmination and the catharsis of that. Wanda just came back and would have gotten some catharsis if she got to kill Thanos, but didn't even get to do that. She was this close. Thanos had to, yo, he had to shoot missiles at everybody. Yo, he was like, yo, fuck it. Fuck friendly fire. Just shoot everyone. Let it rain. Yeah, I really liked, I liked the way it started with them practicing for the magic show. And then there's a great comment. The audience might just see through this little charade. Is that a meta comment about us as the MCU audience watching this? Which definitely, yes. Or is this just Wanda like, yo, are they going to figure out that we have superpowers? And then Vision at the end is just like, sure, of course they're going to figure out because I'm going to get drunk and just use all my powers in front of everybody.
0: But then it's another thing where she says, I want us to fit in. She goes, this is our home now. I want us to fit in. Just like in the last episode, she said, I, I'm trying to blend in.
1: Multiple comments about this being their home. That's one of the things in the trailer. This is our home. Let's fight to protect it or something. She wants to fit in. Last episode, it was questions of where are your kids? Like, why don't y'all have kids yet? And this episode, it's for the children. It's just a mantra that's repeated over and over again. And it sounds like one of those like things. They're like dropping the pretense. <laughs> one of those things I feel like you hear in like, horror movies that this little town says this thing and then it ends up being some like crazy, really creepy, weird, satanic ritual type shit. It
0: had such Hail Hydra vibes to me that I was going down that hole for a second, but at the same time when you say that a villain like Mephisto is probably after the souls of Wanda's children then I was like, oh well duh, for the children.
1: If there are still remnants of Hydra that exist and there's an organization called the Sentient Weapons Organization, right? Hydra may want some more super-powered people. I mean they used Wanda and Petro and that was the first superpower people they made. So there's a good chance that Hydra would think that there's something in their genetics that would allow them to create more The for the children thing is like you said, hail Hydra, it has the same kind of chant mantra to it. So it, it could be, what if Dottie is a Hydra agent that has infiltrated the reality and they're trying to manipulate Wanda into creating the kids. Or they found about the deal that Wanda made with Mephisto and they're trying to get the kids before Mephisto can get their souls so that they can have their own super powered beings or whatever. So four children has a mantra kind of chant ideology vibe to it. So, so I very much could see Hydra being involved or it's just meant to be like reminiscent of that. Like, I mean, we know that Wanda has had, in her, like, I mean, Hydra gave her access to the Mind Stone where, where she got the power, so she may just have the kind of like Hail Hydra mantra in her mind in her mind this is what the reality for it's for the children it's to protect the kids so you know it could be a lot of different things but it's really got that like kind of culty
0: yeah the couple of times you've talked about this and we were talking about the dinner scene and those uncomfortable feelings it's very Jordan Peele it's very get out that quiet horror but it doesn't make it it makes it more horrifying for the yes. silence in it it's this,
1: this just skin crawling discomfort and then I mean we hear the buzzing sound and Joe made a comment he said it sounded like bees and so that's when the helicopter shows up so is that just Wanda's subconscious trying to conceptualize the helicopter wearing that she hears and it just becomes bee noises and that's why she ends up seeing bees around the guy at the end of the episode because now she's drawn the sword connection in her mind between the helicopter and that sound then you've got the helicopter with the sword logo and then when that guy comes out of the sewer manhole at the end he's got the sword logo on the back and that's the first thing she sees so her subconscious connects that logo with that whirring sound and she interprets it as bees and that that there may not even be any Presumably, bees there.
0: he's in a protective suit to be in the reality.
1: That's what allows him to stay out of falling into what appears to be the trance that Wanda puts everyone that doesn't have some kind of powers into. She's looking for the helicopter, and then again, she's getting sucked back into the real world, and who shows up? None other than Agnes.
0: There's Auntie Agnes. And this is also where I made a note where I noticed Wanda's necklace. I'm not sure that she has it on throughout the first episode. She might towards the end of it. But in thinking about Agnes's cameo and how it might be a talisman for her, I'm wondering about the necklace. So I'll keep an eye on that as we go. And then she also turned around and looked at someone's house when she found the helicopter. I don't know if she's trying to make sure no one's seeing that she's I holding think that's
1: something what, that she's yeah, color. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah. I think it was kind of her, like, again, with the whole I want to fit in thing. If I have a bright ass colored helicopter in this 60s neighborhood, people are going to be like, uh, Pleasantville. What's, yeah. what's going on?
0: Oh, also shout out to Lucille Ball, because I feel like Wanda's very much channeling Lucy oh, yeah. in this episode to me, because like the quick stuff the the joke about uh, her outfit when she goes oh that's actually the rest of your cast. yes you know, like that it's just very lucille ball like carol burnett like all those amazing women
1: but yeah the the mailman pops up again in this scene and i don't know i'm just keeping an eye on him captain ginger that's the homie on twitter we'll make sure to link him but he was the one that said in the discord he was like yeah i saw this the mailman the second time and i was just like uh i don't trust him
0: that exchange between him and agnes was yeah. so strange stick him up Oh, I'm just the messenger. Like that's, it's a cute little sitcom bit. But what is that about? Because they're not going to do anything that's not deliberate.
1: So he could be the agent working for Mephisto. You know what I'm saying? He could be Grim Reaper or Nightmare. Don't shoot the messenger. You know what I'm saying? I'm just here. Like, yo, don't do me like that. So, But it also could just again be that, yo, the mailman is like cool with everybody in the neighborhood. And this is just their relationship within the reality. It could not be anything.
0: It also just felt water coolery to me. So I had thought that he could be a sword colleague. Who's one of the part of the team who's called Agnes in. So they like know each other. Okay,
1: that makes sense. I could see that too.
0: It could go in a million directions.
1: Again, everything about this show can go in like A million directions So we're just gonna have to wait Until we get a couple more clues Before we can make Any definitive takes about that
0: Yeah, and I'd love to Dive in at some point Just Stone this week Or something And see if there's anything That we can take Like shooting the messenger From other things in the MCU Or is there anything With Hawkeye and shooting Or who's shooting things And who could be a messenger And who's died That maybe this could be A reference to Or who do we think is dead I don't know But again, this could be One of those things Where it's trying to mislead And it just
1: doesn't mean Anything at all I mean, there were A couple of comments that Agnes makes here, Dottie's roses bloom under the penalty of death. Is Dottie not going to like me? And Dottie is the key to everything in this town. Yeah. And so like that coming from Agnes and thinking that she has more autonomy within the reality, I think is clearly supposed to mean something. It really could just be like on like the level of Agnes is just trying to keep the reality stable and that Dottie in this idyllic neighborhood is literally just like the queen bee and we need to make sure that she stays happy so that the reality doesn't start to fall apart. But I think that we kind of threw that out the window when Wanda and Dottie are talking and Dottie breaks the glass because she starts kind of pushing Wanda on some things about the legitimacy of the reality and then her hand starts bleeding and then her blood's red which is one of the few times that we've seen color in the black and white episode so her having color I think is just another indicator that Dottie is very important to this but special what the importance is we still don't know like I said we've got a buddy in discord that talked about Moonstone we've talked about and I said there there could be the potential that she's uh, Abigail Brand the head of sword and that her Agnes and Monica were the ones that approached Wanda when Wanda made this potential deal with Mephisto and that that's how they're all kind of trapped in the reality or
0: maybe they're even having Wanda make a deal on their behalf so they can draw somebody out
1: or... okay, well here we go I've also heard that Dottie might be Clea who is another sorceress who is rumored to show up in uh multiverse of madness so it could be that a coven of witches was like hey we need to make contact with Mephisto so we can make a deal and they knew that Wanda was a con- it for that. That cast, you know, Agnes in a little bit more of, not necessarily a villain, but uh, an anti-hero kind of out for my own gains light, which, hey, I'm all here for that too, but I've just kind of made a lot of my thoughts and ideas around the idea that Agnes is going to end up becoming a mentor. And it could be that, you know, that, yo, this is a power play and she wanted some more juice, but then comes to find out that she really does care about Wanda, so she wants to become a mentor for her. So it, you, it, again, why not both, <laughs> you know?
0: Why not both? I I love the burns too. Is it about the yes. way I'm dressed? Yes, but it's too late for that. Just, oh God. Again, the Lucille Ball, Carol Burnett comedy. You the know quips. Catherine Hahn was absolutely fully engorged to be playing this.
1: My favorite line from the episode was when Agnes made the comment of uh, I don't know how you're sober for this. And like yo, like same for me, but instead of alcohol, you know, partaking in the smoky smoke. Kind goods. Agnes made little like quips and comments like that. She reminded me of like the bad kid in class when the teacher is trying to like do something important and she's back there just making snide comments and making the class laugh but then wand is the one that ends up getting in trouble for it
0: i also made a note agnes loves to drink is this potentially an illusion? that's
1: keeping her you know what i'm saying out of that's something that i didn't think of i like that yeah although we
0: don't know if she drank anything when she was at Wanda's yeah, the for first
1: episode time, i don't think we saw her drink anything but she also i mean wasn't she was kind of in and out exactly like this one we're with her for i mean the whole committee meeting which was more extended time than agnes spent with wanda when they were just one-on-one in the living room and in the kitchen in the first episode so but before that i mean wanda makes that maybe i could just be myself more or less and agnes is like nah don't do that and again i think that's agnes trying to keep the reality stable and is like no definitely don't let her know that you're like a magical superpowered witch and that your husband is a synthoid. Like, no, do not do that. Please just play the 60s housewife right now. But yeah, we get to the we get to the committee meeting and I love pretty much everything about this. I
0: saw you tweet about gender roles and I was like, oh, he's rewatching WandaVision. They're so stupid. Because the women sitting there at this committee and expect to sit and be quiet and polite and listen to everything this woman says and do everything at her back and call, like...
1: No, that's so stupid. Yeah. And, like, yo, lady, you realize that you just have internalized misogyny because you're just acting like men act in society. So, uh, stop doing that. But, yeah. Dottie seems to have more... Uh, oomph than like Mr. Hart does though in terms of like actually commanding things and uh, getting I, I, and that's like a, yeah, Mr. Hart's just blustery
0: he's he's yes, a commanding yes. presence but he doesn't feel like he yes. actually can get anything done
1: he feels like he's just like a regular person trapped in the reality Dottie feels like more of a commanding presence in the fact that she's got some kind of control some kind of juice and she's there for a reason whether it's she's the head of sword she's a sorceress in a coven with agatha she's moonstone and has similar powers to monica and carol she's hydra yes exactly i definitely think that dottie is one of the centerpieces she could be nightmare or grim reaper too you know something along those lines so
0: because agnes said the
1: devil's de- in you know, the details
0: and dottie said the devil's in the details and Agnes said, "That's not the only thing he's in, which we obviously think alludes also to the children in the end of the episode." Definitely,
1: I think that that could be an allusion to the children. If we're going with either the real dark thing where Mephisto is vision and made the babies with Wanda, um, or they they're made from bits of Mephisto's soul, that makes more sense. Or if Mephisto has anything to do, even. Um, without the R portion of it. Anything to do with making the kids.
0: Well, because I could see them using pieces of his soul without having to have the R portion be involved. So that, that to me is like, okay, I could see her not knowing how the hell this happened and still having it be Disney friendly. It
1: could be that Mephisto wanted to have pieces of his soul used for something. So he knew what happened to Wanda and was like, hey, yo, if you have two kids, I'll bring Vision back. And she doesn't tell him why he wants her to have the kids. Just like, hey, yo, have these kids. And then Wanda's like, well, I mean, how would I have kids? He's a synthoid. We can't make babies. And he's like, yo, I'll take care of the making them part. Just let me know if you want to do this because you have to willingly make the pack with Mephisto. Even if, if it's four souls or whatever it is, you still have to willingly make the pack. So yeah, that it, it could be where Wanda didn't approach him. You know, Mephisto approached Wanda and then the coven finds out that Mephisto has approached Wanda and now they want to make a deal with Mephisto too. So that's why. There in the reality. So it's just, it's just, oof, it's just so many different ways. But yeah, the devil's in the details. That's not the only place. There's another reference to the devil, I think, in a later part of this episode.
0: Yeah, if there is, it's probably in my notes.
1: Then we get the Monica Rambo intro, which I love. And she doesn't know what she's doing here. And so is she playing like she doesn't know and she's got powers and she knows what's going on or reaching her brain to figure out what's going on and legitimately has no clue i think either or are viable reactions but she i i can't decide if she has her powers already or not based on what we've seen
0: it's hard to tell what's happening with her because in the pause before she gives the name geraldine it's hard to tell if she's trying to remember her code name or if she's really trying to remember like why the fuck am i here so it'll be interesting to see what the fuck is going on
1: with that there's more for the children stuff
0: where are the children because i haven't seen a kid in this town yet
1: why do you have an elementary school if there's No kids in the town. And then also, I know, obviously, we can't take the trailers verbatim, but on the Halloween part of the trailers, do you remember if you saw any kids on that? Because it may just be that Wanda hasn't populated kids in the reality. And now that she's about to have kids, it could be that we're following things that are happening to Wanda and we're seeing him through the perspective of this sitcom reality. So, like the comments she made about Vision's head—her disappearing and reappearing—it could be like she's having I, shit. I'd fuck. I don't know. I just. I just.
0: Well, I think, no, I think that's a fair point because Dottie asks Wanda to stay behind a clean and she says, Dottie, I think we got off on the wrong foot. I want to remedy that. And that made me instantly think of Wanda originally being an enemy of the Avengers and then joining the team. So, yeah, what you're saying doesn't feel off base to me at all. And maybe it's something where we're seeing these first few episodes are reminding Wanda through the context of these situations and sitcom style Of what she's already been through and then maybe halfway through or coming up on halfway, it starts to become new things that are happening or more new things that are happening. Because obviously the sword helicopter and stuff is new. As
1: we get deeper into the season and we don't have or we have portions of the episode that are actually, you know, focused on sword and what they're doing outside of the reality I think we'll be able to draw more connections and parallels between how Wanda is viewing those events in her reality versus what's actually happening outside of it. Again, I know that this is what the show is like meant to be doing—to make you think and and talk about. Wait, where's the commercial in this episode? Uh,
0: I wrote about the because I know you put it with the other one, so I don't know that I noted it. Right,
1: well, then after the committee meeting, before we go to the neighborhood watch meeting, let's talk about. But yeah, and so so like you said, she stays back to help Dottie clean, and she wants to correct that and then like you said, you've got right here I know things about you and your husband and that again seems like one of those cracks in reality and that's when I'm almost certain that voice is Jimmy Woo that comes in on the radio. It sounds an awful lot like Randall Park to
0: me. And Beach Boys playing Help Me Rhonda in the background while it's happening. So again it's that thing where like we get this feeling where somebody wants to cry out for help and they can't because Dottie's like who are you? She has that moment
1: where she breaks. Yes and then crushes the glass and and cuts her hand. And like, that's my thing is like- The
0: injuries like are resetting. Yes. And so- Choking in the glass. Yes.
1: And so, cause like right after that, Dottie is like cool with Wanda. She's like, oh yeah, they're part of the community. Awesome. Like Dave said, like, I think we're going to look back when this is over and we're going to be like, you stupid fucker. They were telling you right in your face what this was. But like right now for the life of me, I cannot figure out what that- It's clear if you try Wanda's reality, or if you say you know things about them and push them for pieces of their past, that makes Wanda freak out, which I think kind of breaks down the barrier between her reality and allows Jimmy Woo to, to make contact on the radio. That's another thing, obviously, to keep your eyes peeled for, is like, yo, when people test Wanda, what happens to them?
0: Yeah, they've both gotten hurt now, too.
1: Seems like when you start forcing it or you make Wanda think that, you know something about the past that she doesn't want to remember that Wanda freaks out. Something bad happens to you. And I think this is largely where we're going to get people being able to make contact with Wanda. Something will happen when, when people test Wanda and her reality. And I'm just curious to see where that continues to go. And that when that happens to the other person, that, um, is when the, the wall between the reality kind of. It doesn't collapse, but it gets a little fuzzy and allows. At this point, we've really just seen Sword make contact, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are other actors at play in this that are going to try and make contact with Wanda at some point, too.
0: Let's talk the commercial now because it feels like it makes sense. It, I didn't put exactly in these notes where it is, but y'all know. added up
1: there with, uh, with the other one, but yeah, I think this is again, I think it is after the committee meeting before they have the neighborhood watch meeting. Like it's like a, it, it is almost like a legitimate commercial break within the context of the episode, but it's by Strucker which uh, Wolfgang von Strucker is the one that had that super secret Hydra branch back in, in Winter Soldier and Age of Ultron that they attacked. And that's where Wanda and them get their powers. But yeah, I mean, I, I think we're going to see some more of what hydra did to them and i think that that's gonna make the hydra commercial way way more ominous we already know that the stark commercial what happened there with them and having to look at the uh undetonated stark missile in their face for however many days until they got rescued that we're gonna find out that hydra treated them like shit when they volunteered for those experiments because even Strucker at the end of Winter Soldier makes the comments that those two weren't the only volunteers. They're just the only two that lived.
0: Which is another interesting point and I think leaves room for if it does ever go in the mutant direction, which I don't. We kind of talked it out last time and I'm I'm pretty sure I agree with you and it's not. But saying like, oh, they're the only two who survived. It's for a reason. Like that that also is a good way to say that they might have already
1: had some. Even if we don't uh any kind of mutant origin in wandavision i'm very much open to and and i think i lean towards the idea that she still is a mutant and the infinity stone unlocked uh be, and because she had like direct contact with the stone whereas the snap may have activated some people's x gene or given people like monica powers because wanda was i mean in direct contact with it she's got more powers than other people but yeah i definitely think that 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 Strucker uh, one is going to be made way more ominous as we get a flashback because it definitely looks like we're going to see Wanda and the mind stone at some point, whether or not that's her actually getting her powers or if this is another kind of like vision thing that she's having, or if she's actually reconstituting stones herself, we're definitely going to get a scene that, that is reminiscent of the mind stone. And I think that the ticking of that watch will have a a much more ominous and scary meaning behind it once we get some more details and what Wanda and Petra went through uh, to get their powers.
0: And again, that ticking, that rhythmic noise, the trauma, we might find out. with
1: And it's working. the same two people in both commercials, right?
0: I believe so. I'm not a 100%, but I'm... Very- and I
1: think that's where the theory that those may be her parents kind of came from, too. We get done with the commercial and then we we jump into, I think that's the order of it, the neighborhood watch meeting. And again, like, I'm very keen to pay attention to Vision when he's on his own, because I want to know how much autonomy Vision actually has. So yeah, the, again, Paul Bettany and comedy is fantastic. It's amazing. The writing for this is fantastic. The quips and the jokes, The the I'm not a computer um oh i'm not a computer yes um i don't eat i don't eat food
0: oh no thanks i don't eat. well
1: in between meals because when it's food time i love to eat and i was just like yo like this is it's and, and that's another thing like vision is like four or five years old now now you know he's a synthoid and has like all the knowledge that all humans have ever had but In the context of, like, social engagements. Yes, yes. So seeing him interact with people is just hysterical.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that, like, he shows up to this neighborhood watch meeting, like, ready to talk, let's talk protocols. Like, again, he's a computer. And he's also a computer that was programmed by Tony Stark, who wanted to put a shield of iron around the world. So of course he's got defenses on top of mine. So I think it's just in his nature,
1: you know? Norm is a communist. Uh, Norm norm is with hydra literally i didn't like i laughed at the joke eventually but i was just like yo he's with hydra like as soon as he said because yeah i mean his eyes got so big it's <laughs> so out of the blue the way that norm reacts to it and then the fact that vision does know everything i just i just think that if especially if we're gonna have some some hydra influences in the show if they're trying to get uh one of the superpowered kids if w- for whatever reasons Hydra's in there, it would make sense if Norm was one of the Hydra agents actually in the reality and that yeah. Vision doesn't know that he actually knows that and calls him a communist instead of, yeah. of a Hydra, you know, but I, I think yeah. that's probably where that's going.
0: And you know, I love that because as soon as we met Dottie, I was like, if Dottie ain't Hydra.
1: Like, and she, she, for right. real, she strikes me, she reminds me of, um, Dottie Underwood from, the, have you seen, um, Agent Carter? She's like the bad agent.
0: It also almost sounded like she had a British accent that she was trying to hide in a couple parts.
1: Dottie in, in, she's one of the, uh, she gets trained in the Red Room. It's before they're actually Black Widows, but it's back in like Agent Carter time. She's trained in the Red Room and she's like one of Agent Carter's nemesis throughout the, the two seasons that are available you really do AJ carter is fantastic it's really really good
0: i've heard it's great it's
1: I really really good
0: do it. i do that depression thing where i just keep watching the same things you know, over know, and over again and yeah i get like, it i get it yeah i need to turn away from this
1: but movie. but <sighs> yes she reminds me of Dottie underwood and Dottie had uss t- ties and hydra ties and she's got the blonde hair the stepford wife look it does the the secret spy kind of vibe. The what is Dottie doing? I get the same vibe from Dottie Underwood. It's not the same actress. And I mean, I guess it. It
0: doesn't have to be, I guess.
1: It could potentially be like. Vision has some knowledge of of Dottie Underwood, and like that's kind of where Wanda made this version of this character or something. But they definitely did give me like really, really like similar vibes. But yeah, and then we get to the to the big red stick, yes, which is such an obvious masturbation joke that it's hysterical.
0: Hooking. Fell out.
1: I fell out. And then Paul Bettany did an interview where he talked about Vision's dick and it's apparently like a gigantic <laughs> purple vibrator. Yeah, Wanda has like That's super. It's like
0: my favorite one. Wanda has, like,
1: Wanda has like crazy sex. I'll see if I can find the, the interview. I think uh, MCU Direct definitely posted the clip.
0: I had hoped and assumed that they would, but I'm glad to have confirmation on that. I wonder
1: about that Definitely kind of was shit. like yeah like vision has a dick I don't know if vision can like actually create sperm but vision has a dick but I mean he his body was made from vibranium and it was made in that like rejuvenation cradle so I mean like it it really could be that vision is like the dad of those kids and because he's a synthoid and Wanda's a witch like she just goes through pregnancy faster like we really could be seeing her pregnancy in real time and because it's wanda envision that could change how the kids age as well so that's definitely a, a thing but yes i he's the gum the master chase mastication joke kills me but <laughs> i really loved how they did like the little bewitch thing again and they showed the little cartoon of the gum gumming up his gears oh, Uh i love that so much and like I've, I've i've said this multiple times i love love drunk vision love it
0: yeah i would love to have love it rise as a drunk vision because he's fantastic
1: like yes i i need that to happen i don't care how y'all make that happen again but i need to see drunk vision again that was yes that was that was so 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 good so funny
0: so i made a note on here and i didn't Think about this during the scenes with his boss, but I am ninety eight percent sure his boss never like shook his hand or anything. Maybe he did on the way out, but I'm not. I'm not positive. And I made a note here, wondering if when he swallows the gum, if that's the first time somebody who's not Wanda touches him. Oh, so we might have to go back and like revisit that another time. Yeah, but just a note I made, wondering if maybe we're getting a glimpse at what can go down. If
1: Interesting.
0: The people from one reality if you will touch another
1: interesting yeah interesting yeah that's something i have to keep an eye on
0: because wanda's not touching anybody but vision and agnes and i almost called her angus and agnes uh again we assume has power so she's special
1: she does touch Dottie, but Dottie also ends up getting hurt but i don't remember if she touches her before or if it's just after when she like wraps her hand up with the doily Like, Dottie is like, like, for real, she's like the internalized misogynistic queen bee of like that idyllic 50s or 60s neighborhood. Like, yo, stop doing that. Like, why would you treat other women like that? It's
0: because there's no power, you have no power in your household, so you need to exert it over somebody
1: else. And I'm curious who her husband is. Did we find that out? I don't think that we did.
0: I don't think we did. I saw people sitting at tables, but they didn't make anything clear as to whether anybody was with anyone. Yeah, so
1: I'm curious who her husband is. I wouldn't be surprised if her husband is actually Mephisto or some shit, and that that it's, like I said, it's definitely 100% not Ralph. Stop trying to make Agnes be married to Mephisto, you Fuckers, but yeah, I really like uh, the the back and forth between Monica and Wanda when Wanda asks what time it is, and she's like two minutes after the last time you asked, and she's just freaking out about Vision showing up, and then Vision shows up, and he is fucking hammered, like his hair is.
0: And speaking of which, Monica is making horse references throughout this whole scene. And Vision shows up and is like, I was playing with his shoes about the horseshoes and stuff. And for some reason, Monica the whole time is like, oh, you got a little hitch in your giddy up and like, oh, you're on cowboy and like all this other stuff. And of course, again, it's like, is
1: that yeah, is that just something in the episode like old school speech patterns? Or is that supposed to like be foreshadowing for something in a couple episodes? Like I I really like it's there are just so many. And like I said, I think we said this on last week's episode, like. It's easier to nail down a two-hour movie than it is a six-hour TV show, especially when you're playing with episode structure the way that they are. That episode structure alone, the fact that you're riffing on sitcoms, but there are Easter eggs and hints and foreshadowing buried throughout this, then on top of the fact that there's just this impending doom behind everything because we don't know what's happening with Wanda and Vision and we know that Wanda has been through so much trauma already and we want things to end up well for her but we know that they're probably not so like watching her get to have blissful domestic moments and to know that that's all just gonna get torn away.
0: But anyway yeah Vision shows up being hammered and that doesn't suck because it's the greatest thing to ever grace my television screen.
1: I love that so much and then they get out they get out here and they're going through the little magic tricks. Okay well actually let Let's talk about how he calls humans stupid, and that gives me, like, super-duper Ultron vibes. Like, Ultron is like, yo, humans fucking suck, I'm just gonna kill all of y'all. And Vision is like, yo, like, humans are frail, and they're stupid, and they do stupid things, but there's still beauty in that. And when he's drunk Vision, he's just like, ah, y'all are dumb as fuck <laughs> y'all are gonna believe anything yes and i'm just like yo ooh, that's like the the ultron portions of your programming like coming to the forefront i don't like that ooh, that's a great point point. and so what if that's something that happens you know towards the the end of this if if he doesn't if he is reanimated because that's okay here's a question what's in vision's head right now
0: Curious about whether he has agency or not.
1: Is that the Mind Stone? Is it something that's like... S- uh, something like the Mind Stone that gives him sentience, but it also allows somebody else to control him? I just... What is it? I'm, I'm curious. We don't know these things. But yeah, so so the magic show just... It just kills me. And they do the...
0: Thinking about how the magic show is a really great little microcosm of their whole life in this reality, because like they're both pretty much struggling Wanda's doing a really good a- job of keeping up appearances but like barely holding it together meanwhile Vision's just a fucking train wreck he literally at every moment is bursting to almost tell people what is going on
1: like him. yeah I'm oh no I'm not a computer oh I don't eat like yo you're giving yourself away all the time and then you get on the you get on stage In the house and like you said that space on. that really is like that's a perfect microcosm of them because Vision really out here just like almost fucking everything up and Wanda is consistently using her magic to make this stuff better.
0: Yeah, it's funny to see the synthesoid be the loose yes,
1: cannon. Yes, because he's supposed to be the logical one, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's a computer, he works on ones and zeros, but he's out here talking shit about humans, flying in front of people, picking up pianos. What else, what else does he do? He phased his yes, yes. through. Yes, yes! And then and then puts Wanda uh, or brings the, the cabinet out and is like, Abracadabra, and Wanda's like, Viz, I'm still out here. So then Wanda just snaps Monica in there.
0: So I have a theory on how Monica ended up Okay. There. So when Monica appeared inside of it, Wanda looked really relieved, which she could just be because she wasn't able to open it and see if her yep. little trick worked. But Agnes looked sheepish as yeah. fuck. And in this scene, we also see Agnes... When Vision levitates yep. accidentally in front of everybody, she reaches for her bag. Yep. So I wasn't sure, but there is a point where you can see her in the background move to grab the bag. So she has grabbed it when shit's going haywire. What the fuck is in that bag? What was she going to do? Witch bag, yo. Who was she going to call in? Senior Scratchy also- It's got to
1: be her witch bag, yo.
0: It's got to be her witch bag. Senior Scratchy is a reference to Nicholas Scratch, who is her warlock son- in the comics.
1: Okay. Hmm.
0: Interesting. So we're getting more and more little Easter eggs or tidbits that move toward Agnes potentially being a magical mentor. Yeah. Me and the fact that she looked so concerned and looked like she wanted to fix things yes. when shit was yes. hitting the fan or when vision yes. was hitting the fan yes. at that
1: point. <laughs> that
0: again leads me to believe she's she's a benign character. She's uh she's going to be on our
1: team. Yes. I. I. Yes. I agree. I agree with that a hundred percent. I. I. And much more of a mindset that Dottie would be the villain or, or is married to the villain than Agnes is. Yeah, somehow involved. Again, I don't think that Ralph like even exists. Um, I think that that it's just her f- making sure that she fits into this. The same way she asked Wanda, like, what's a single lady like you rambling around this big house like she can't. Better come up with your story, honey. And that's the thing is like, she's got a story where it seems like it, obviously we know Wanda and Vision doesn't. It's curious. We haven't really questioned any of the other town people if they have their own stories, you know? So I'm curious if we'll, if we'll do that at some point here in the future. Well, yeah, I really liked, I liked uh, the way that Wanda was able to just use her powers and see what was wrong with Vision. Her power set is just continuously expanding.
0: And I'm glad we're also getting a look at that, even though they're treating it lightly, like, We're seeing that she has all these powers and it feels like one of those old sitcoms or like a Bewitched where it's like, well, she's a witch. She can do anything. But think about it in the MCU scope. Like, this is a big deal. We're not seeing her do big, bad things yet. Seeing her capability and the volatility of it and the fact that she can control it sometimes and seems to not be able to others. And what's the difference there? Is it because she was prepared for this and she wasn't prepared for the last thing? Is it because people were coming to her like homestead and maybe it has to do with location? It looks like
1: when she if you mess with the reality and try to break it down or press her for answers it looks like something bad can obviously is going to happen to you but also if outside external forces impact the reality it looks like at that point she's just like nope stop time and rewind and then also how does time work in there? Also, this is a great question. Where are all the kids? Like you had a talent show to raise money for the elementary school. My assumption is the kids would be there to watch the talent show. Or why wouldn't the kids be I, putting w- on I the was, was literally about to say that. Why aren't the kids the ones putting on the talent show? They really
0: said fuck them kids.
1: Really? They dropped the Jordan meme in there with the, with the yeah. quickness. And I'm
0: also wondering what's making so vision breaking down in front of all these people? We've seen it now happen twice when he's with Wanda. And front of other people it happened at the dinner it happens at the magic show when the whole town is watching what is it about them being together that starts to break this reality potentially or is it anything but that's just something that i noticed that shit seems to be hitting the fan outside of the incident we have with Dottie, which i think was influenced by the radio because i feel like Based on the commercials and a couple other things, maybe electronics also kind of have a play. That's my thing. disrupt disruptive
1: field. Dottie seemed to be pressing Wanda about the reality at that oh, that's time. Right. She's yes, it. and so it looks like right. the electronics can pick up signals from outside of the sitcom reality when that wall gets fuzzy. Um,
0: you're right. You're right. You mentioned that earlier. Matthew but said. yes,
1: I'm still. I just. The whole for the kids thing, Dottie's the way that it's a mantra and repeats it. It's, it comes up after the end of the show too. I just, where I'm sold already on Agnes being an eventual mentor for Wanda even if she does have some selfish motivations at first. I don't get the same vibes from Dottie. I really did like how they tried to like sneak off in again another sitcom show but then it wasn't even that they ruined the show everyone loved it. Yeah
0: did Agnes hypnotize them again with that or I don't know they seem to be loving it during.
1: They very much seem to be loving it I'm like norm made the comment though that that was his mother's piano there are still some things that y'all should be questioning yeah that that and they just buy everything at like face value so i'm 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 curious to see because i mean now we've got like a little connection of a collection of neighbors but i i obviously don't think this is everyone and what's going on with everybody else like I said there's that one lady from the trailer and she's crying and she doesn't seem to be moving and it almost looks like Vision sees that in like a flickering kind of thing where it may be that he's seeing the sitcom reality but then also viewing the real reality and that Wanda may have froze these people in stasis and it allows some of them
0: oh it lets her maybe create her own pocket of time and reality like I and- said
1: with like Mr. Hart when we were talking earlier earlier when he started to press her on the reality that's when he choked what if he was eating when he was in stasis and because he pressed the reality he started to come out of this stasis in the real world and that was him choking in real life and then vision saving him was actually saving the real him so it's it's i'm curious to see what the difference is between the town people that we know right now that even if they seem oblivious, seem to enjoy life in the town versus it looks like we're going to be introduced to more people who are really in some kind of stasis and trance and are not happy about it and didn't do it and didn't do it willfully. So yeah, I'm really curious. And that's, I think that the, where you kind of get along the lines of that I don't necessarily think that Wanda. I think that Wanda may be one of the villains of this show, but she's not like intentionally being a villain. Her powers are out of control and they're having negative effects the same way in Civil War when in Lagos, where she tried to to throw Rumlow in the explosion, you know, up away from people, but ended up blowing up the building is it's you didn't mean to do that. But there was definitely some, some, fuck, I can't think of the word. Yes, there was definitely some fallout from that. So, so you creating this reality, you're not intending to hurt people, but your powers being out of control are hurting people. So.
0: Which again, standard, I think I mentioned this episode, one of the podcast, but standard Avengers move.
1: They're not the pre-Vengers. They don't stop things from happening. They're the Avengers. They come and fix things Either at the last moment or after shit has already gone bad. But yeah, so we get done with that. The They get the little trophy and they get back home. And they have another little blissful domestic WandaVision moment. And then she's Preggers. And the next thing I knew, I was pregnant. I That's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. I was like, uh, wait, what? Like, I mean, I know y'all had sex at the beginning of the episode, but like, now you're Preggers? Okay. And she looks like she's like three, four months along at least, you know, like that wasn't. Yeah, she's she's showing. And then like I've said it based on the coloring for the 70s episode, it looks like we may have the baby twins by the end of next episode. Then the color comes in and they're about to kiss and really have blissful WandaVision moment. And then they hear
0: that happily ever after moment that we close out the episode with.
1: And then they hear the noise again. And like you said, I think that that buzzing may actually be the helicopter's and that Wanda has interpreted it as bees now. And that's why-
0: Especially coupled with the suit, it looks like a beekeeper suit, but it's probably a hazmat. There's a very
1: good chance that we see that suit outside when we see the sword portion of the episode and it looks like completely different than it does inside the reality. And I mean, he comes from underground. So I mean, it could be that Wanda has made the reality and it's like a bubble that's above ground and they can use the sewers to get in. Or it's like a dome and kind of like up towards the center. There's some weaker points and that's how like that helicopter falls in
0: or this was supposed to be an experiment and they've given her an area and shit went haywire when one of the evil entities made its way into this experiment or
1: another thing that i when i mentioned last week that sword could be trying to break into the reality for good things but also potentially bad if they're the sentient weapons um they may be trying to make, we may find out that, like like our buddy said um, from Twitter, that they've, a bunch of people have powers now, so now there are a bunch of super-powered villains running around, too, so S.W.O.R.D. may be trying to figure out how to make more super-powered people, and...
0: Yeah, and especially after we're closing the arcs on some of the OG
1: Avengers. And so they're trying to make some, they're actually trying to make a young Avengers team. Yeah,
0: and maybe she agreed to it at one point, and then realized I don't want to put my kids through this, and started to try to protect
1: everything. They're all kind of options and to be honest that sounds like some shit that sword or shield would do the same way that Nick Fury was trying to equip three gigantic helicarriers with sniper assault weapons and was like yo I'll just kill everybody if they're a bad guy they'll just be dead before they can even think about being bad like yo that's that's so oppressive bro that's not good, but that's the kind of shit that S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.W.O.R.D. does. We're willing to sack, make these... The
0: misguided Tony Stark kind of thing. Yeah, you want to help people. Yeah,
1: I want to put a suit of armor around the world, so I've got three gigantic helicarriers that fly around and do that shit, but... Yeah, the intent behind what you want to do is, is good. It's good, but then also you've got motherfuckers like HYDRA that just take it over and do what they want to do with it, so I really do think that that is a potential that S.W.O.R.D. was trying to figure out how to create more... Superhumans and cause they know that, that Wanda went through the experiments with the mind stone, that there's a chance that there's some shit locked in her genetics and that, yeah, potentially her kids may have superpowers. And then, like I said, when you start fucking with cosmic and dimensional energy like that, you draw the attention of cosmic and interdimensional beings. So if sword was just trying to figure out how to make more super people, but they actually made it where Wanda made this whole entire pocket reality. That's similar to the pocket reality that Mephisto made. Mephisto's going to notice if that reality came about Be
0: my bride.
1: <laughs> yes. So there is just it again, there's just so many ways that it can go, but we do see that Wanda does have control over the reality because when she sees the beekeeper, she's like, no, And it rewinds and they go back and they do have the blissful moment and.
0: And that's the first time we really see her fully have control. She literally goes, nope.
1: Like, nah, fuck it. We're not doing that. So
0: she looked very like adamant too. in that moment, the emotion that she it was a split second that we see her face when she says
1: it was the camera changes at that point, too. And you can tell that she snaps out of the 60s reality into the real life reality.
0: That fuzzy filter comes off the like ethereal.
1: I, I love the coloring. Oh, it was so cool. I need to go and pay attention again because I know the house was different from the first episode to the second episode. I think that it just got colorized, but I think that the living room will change again when we get to the 70s. I'll need to
0: take note again because in that ending scene, we're so focused on the beekeeper and that weird thing. And why is she able to rewind fully right now? And
1: also, that's another there's another hexagon at the end. Um... So I don't know what that shape is. That actually could be like a grim reaper kind of thing. Cause his helmet actually does look hexagonal with like two like horns on the side of it. So that could maybe be something. Yeah. It's it's man. They were both just so good. And, and the, the level of suspense and this just impending doom, that's just sitting behind these idyllic, perfect, you know, sitcom episodes is just terrifying. and and I, I, there are just so many different ways that it can go. That, but I don't know if Sword started doing hello.
0: She's been coming down and checking on me. I don't
1: bit. know if if you hear, thud,
0: thud, 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 it's because this cat is tiny but also a okay. demon, so she actually weighs eighty pounds okay. in the in the body of a pound <laughs> pound cat.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's we're to the point now where it's I love that there are so many. Easter eggs and clues and stuff for us to sit and decipher, but also what is a clue and what's an Easter egg and what means something and what doesn't. And does Monica have her powers? Does Agnes know that she's in here? Is her purse her witch bag? Does she have a whole bunch of potions and shit in there? When are we going to get these answers? It's just- Way
0: more questions yes. than answers yes, after two absolutely. episodes, but it's not a frustrating. Okay, okay, so then... It's building my excitement for the weekly. Yes. We
1: can transition into what you wanted to talk about. Obviously us with the podcast. I think it's a great opportunity for us because it allows us to film every week and really dig into these episodes and stuff. I well, I guess. Okay. So the question that I'm posing is should WandaVision have been the first phase four property to come out? I know that that wasn't a. A choice that was deliberately made that was 2020 just throwing a wrench and everything. But should we have waited and let Falcon and the Winter Soldier get finished first and that go ahead and be the first property? And should WandaVision have gone ahead and done a full episode dump versus doing the weekly format? So I fall on the side of I love the weekly format. I can understand how this might be off-putting for casual MCU fans. Like I said, my, my friend Tatum, her brother said that he tried to watch the first episode and got like 10 minutes in and was like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I'm like, good on this. So I do think that it could be challenging for people who aren't really saturated in the MCU and didn't really know what to expect going in. And so, like you said, it's been 18 months since we've had MCU content, and the first thing that we have from that cliffhanger in Far From Home is a fifty sitcom. Now, you and I were prepared for this because we knew this was what WandaVision was going to be. We know that this is the way the show is set up and that the first six or seven episodes will follow this episode structure. But if you've just seen the trailers and you don't really know that, I could understand how off-putting this show is and then you have to wait Every you have to wait a week before you get the 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 follow up to as it. As a
0: fan, it's fun to digest it for a week. But as somebody who might be more casual, it's like what the
1: Especially fu- you're used to if you're used to using Netflix as your main streaming service, and they just drop everything at once, so you're used to binging. I think a lot of casual fans are going to fall off before it gets to the end. But it's going to be so important to Doctor Strange: and The Multiverse of Madness that people actually end up going back and then they binge watch it. I'm glad that they're doing the weekly drop, but I think this show may be more digestible in the binge format than it is in the weekly format at least for casual fans
0: and simply because of all the stuff that they're keeping hidden the leads they're burying if you will I think it would totally work in a bingeable format but I'm really grateful to not be watching I it think in a you would format. lose
1: a whole bunch of that the way that we just sat here and dug through to, we're running up on four hours now on on the original recording that we've been able to dig through that episode. How would we have done that if they dropped all nine episodes at once? We could still dig through it like this, but are we going to keep people's attention long enough to get them to listen to nine hour-long episodes about WandaVision? Right. They've moved on. Yes, but now because we've got all week... And this is, we don't know what's going to happen next. We can just sit and talk about the fucking things that we think are going to happen from these Easter eggs and these clues. So I i love that this is the weekly format still. Um, I definitely can see how if you were going to do, ever do a binge version of a Disney Plus show, I could definitely see how this would have been like one of the prime candidates for it. But I i like the way that the suspense is building and that week after week is just going to get worse and worse. We're not going to have the whole picture probably until like eight, seven or episode seven Something or eight. Something
0: that this does to build a community of fans also, like look at the Game yes, of Yes, Thrones yes,
1: yes. I was literally about to say that. that. When you do, back when we, you know, back in the day when we used to actually go to the office for work, um, you remember those times? Yo, like The Witcher is fantastic. I love it so much. It's so good. It's amazing. I love it. But...
0: Cable, do whatever you want to me. That sounds great. Even if it's throwing me in a burning dumpster, I'll take it.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm in okay. the exact same boat as you when it comes to that man. Um, but, uh, yeah, so like... Um, I just want to know what his tape
0: <laughs> His mouth just looks like it would do such nice things, and I need to know I, about them. I need to know the secrets.
1: I understand. I I understand. Yeah. Um, but like that, I remember that the weekend after The Witcher came out, like I talked about it with some people. But then also when it's the binge format, you have to be careful of the conversations you have because everybody doesn't want to spend 13 hours one weekend watching a show. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people are on episode six and I'm already on episode 13 and I want to talk about stuff. But and then the same way that we do the podcast and I be dropping the knowledge, like that's, this is what I used to do at work. So like Game of Thrones, like you know, I was the Game of Thrones guru with the office. Everybody came and asked me about Game of Thrones. Same with, with, with all the Marvel stuff. Binge format doesn't allow for you to have those conversations. We talked about Game of Thrones for two and a half months every year because it was on for 10 weeks. We talked about The Witcher for two weeks because I watched it all one weekend and I talked about it with the people that watched it all that weekend on that Monday. And then the next Monday, the people that watched part of it and watched it throughout those two weeks, then I talked about it with them. And with the binge format, you don't build the community. You don't build the hype like The Mandalorian. If they had dropped those two seasons in in binge format, the Mandalorian would not be the same beast that it is today. The first non-Netflix show to top the streaming chart. But it proved that it worked for the streaming. In the si- age yeah. of
0: binging and streaming.
1: yeah, The age of the streaming wars, as they call them. That, yeah, you can still do the weekly drop. And that's one thing I saw somebody tweet that was like, well, if you're just going to do weekly drops, just make, your, make a regular cable channel and like no don't do that because i don't want to have to i don't want commercial breaks i don't want every episode to have to be 22 to 24 minutes long well i do think this show would have been great in in the binge format because it's so suspenseful and it would have and this will be a great segue into the should it have been the first phase four property i think if you dropped it all at once for casual fans it's a great first phase four property um i think it's i don't think it's a great first phase four property for casual fans, but for us that love it, I think it's great. And I think that the weekly format works great for hardcore fans because it allows us to dig into the Easter eggs and the Sokovia and what does the toaster 2000 and the Strucker watch? What does all of this mean? And we get to sit down and break it down and talk about it and theorize and then, you know, come together on what we'll do in discord on Thursdays and watch the last episode and talk about it. And then some people will go to sleep and then wake up the next day and watch of it, watch it. Some of us will go to sleep for a little while and then wake up at three and watch it, but that sense of community is there. But I can't understand how this weekly episodic episodic drop could could be challenging for casual fans. The question of whether or not this should have been the first phase four property, I think, is a two-pronged answer, and really depends on how invested you are in the MCU. So, like, for you and I, like, this is a great first property because. It's weird, it's different You get to dig in and break down All kinds of different stuff Like I really expect Falcon and the Winter Soldier To be like on more upbeat spy thriller Kind of like Winter Soldier type action I don't really expect Falcon and the Winter Soldier to do something that wows me in terms of.
0: Not gonna be groundbreaking in terms of cinematic feat.
1: When have sitcoms been revisited in the 50s and 60s like this since the 50s and 60s? And then to take it and add the superhero element and Vision and Wanda are flying and using magic at the show and Wanda is in the kitchen with the pot. Like it's just so, it's so cool. It's so different. So for me, I think this is an amazing first property. But again, for casual fans, and then I think there's also a delineation between like casual fans, and I don't really even know what you would call. Either side of him. Cause I would call my brother a casual fan, but he is very excited for this show. That's partially because he's very into vision. It's partially because we started the podcast and he wants to be up on Marvel stuff so he can know what we're talking about. Yeah, that was that was so cute when he told me that. You know, my little heart just flooded a little bit. Yes, a little anarchy. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Oh man. He wants to know what's going on with vision, but I could understand if You just are a casual fan of the MCU and Vision's not your favorite character. How we talked last week that Wanda and Vision are just in the background of team up movie and to see them come to the forefront and not really have a connection to them and then it's just slapstick 50s comedy I can understand how you're like ooh, I don't know if I really want to watch this but
0: at the same time I think Disney might be able to pull some stuff off with this because we are starved not only for Marvel content but for entertainment in general right now so maybe that played in their favor with having to release this as the first property in phase four because it's like well you know what nobody's had anything good drop in a long fucking time. Aside from The Mandalorian. We
1: really got to the point that WandaVision was just finished before The Falcon and the Winter Soldier was. Or they were working on post-production stuff at that point for WandaVision and they were still filming Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So it, it again, 2020 threw a wrench and everything. Like you said, the exception of The Mandalorian that Disney was just kind of like, yo, this one's done first. Like, let's not wait, make people wait two more months. Let's just give them WandaVision and then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, when that's done, they'll get that right afterwards. So you you do yourself a dis... You do your, your fan base for that potential show a disservice by doing the binge drop because it doesn't linger like that. It, it doesn't, it doesn't live in the social consciousness for long enough. You know, we'll be talking about WandaVision for the rest of January, all of February and the first week of March. Um, and that's just WandaVision could potentially end on like a cliffhanger and that cliffhanger is picked up in multiverse of madness and that like Spider-Man is just impacted by the events of WandaVision, you know? But yeah, it's definitely going to have ramifications. And like I said, once all nine episodes are out and casual fans do get the chance to go back and binge it, especially when we get towards the end of this year and Spider-Man drops and multiverse stuff happens in that, I really think you'll see a large chunk of people who fell off of Wanda vision as it was airing weekly, go back or and maybe watch.
0: didn't even visit it
1: yet. I'm glad with the way that that it's dropping. We're going to have new MCU content for like six months straight. And that's not even including the movies. So yeah, I I'm, I'm super excited for the next episode next week. I'm super excited for the series down the road. I'm excited to To spend, you know what I'm saying, three and at this point, four hours every week talking with Jenny about Marvel stuff. But I think, uh, you know, this probably closes us out once again for another episode of History of the MCU. As always, make sure to check us out over on historyofthemcu.com. By the time this airs, we will have a review from Jenny out. Like I said, it's fantastic. Not super long. I would recommend it to everyone. We sincerely thank everyone for joining us. You can expect a new episode every Saturday or Sunday that covers the newest episode of WandaVision and this schedule will continue for all of the subsequent Disney plus MCU shows and possibly even some Mandalorian related Star Wars content. We do plan on doing character deep dives and review breakdowns of each movie from the Infinity Saga. We currently don't have a schedule for those releases but we will definitely keep y'all informed. The best way for y'all to keep up with us is to follow us over on Twitter at historyofthemcu. can find me personally at lord underscore anarchy.
0: You can find me on Twitter at bloody baroness on Instagram at 280 bpm finger Blast. That is not a joke.
1: And we have a new discord server, uh, but I'm having some issues with those links expiring. So if you'd like to come and join our little community that we're building, shoot me a DM on either of the Twitter accounts and I will send you the invite link. Also, be sure to check out our website, historyofthemcu.com, as we will begin featuring new content on there weekly. And one of these days, I may even get around to posting the detailed breakdowns of all of the Iron Man armors. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll talk to you again next week.
0: Special thanks to Girls Gone Canon, Not A Cast, Murphy's Multiverse, and Joe of Lich King for helping us get this done and get it out to you.